everybody, and welcome back to Teen Titans Wasteland. I'm Hub, and later on we will be joined by my brother Corey. We're going to discuss the shit out of some Teen Titans. This time we are going to be talking about Teen Titans number one, making their debut in their own book. It's from 1966, and it's pretty rad, so let's do this shit. Synopsis. It's a new theme song I'm working on. Pretty good, huh? So, Teen Titans number one, February 1966. Written by Bob Haney, drawed by Nick Carty. Teen Titans roll call. Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl. Our teen heroes are called to a meeting in Washington, D.C. It seems that some members of the Peace Corps are having trouble with their mission to build a dam in a place in South America called Zokatan, and they have requested that the Teen Titans lend a hand. Clear communication is not a strong suit for these workers, because in addition to being vague about the nature of their difficulties, it's a bit unclear as to whether Zokatan is a region, a country, or a village. All we know for sure is that it is a place, it is in South America, and it has some dam construction issues. The Teen Titans are asked to join the Peace Corps. Aqualad, Wonder Girl, and Kid Flash are shocked and would like some time to think it over, but Robin pulls a power play and says, fuck that, we accept. The gang undertakes some intense Peace Corps training where they learn Spanish, first aid, and the Prime Directive, none of which they use in this issue. Our heroes' respective mentors are all very supportive of the endeavor. In fact, Batman and the Flash are so supportive that it really sounds like they're being sarcastic. And we get a fascinating glimpse into Aquaman's home life as well. Way down south in the place of Zokatan, a bunch of villagers decked out in their finest sombreros, ponchos, and mustachios are bringing a bunch of fruit to a temple that will soon be flooded by the newly constructed dam. The fruit is an offering for El Conquistador. One villager named, I shit you not, Juan Valdez, tries to tell the other villagers that they're being superstitious dumbasses. But his argument is somewhat less than convincing as it is interrupted by the attack of a giant robot shaped like a conquistador. Superstitious dumbasses one, Juan Valdez zero. Fortunately, before the giant robot can do too much damage, the Teen Titans jump out of an airplane and attack it. Just when the Titans are gaining the upper hand, the Roboquistador uses the cover of one of Robin's smoke bombs to disappear into the side of a giant cliff. They're still wondering where it went when a bulldozer turns itself on and drives into the river. When Aqualad and Wonder Girl retrieve the dozer, Robin notices that the lever that activated it is warm. That means it must have been turned on with science! Either molecules or atoms, he's not sure which. And because of that, the giant robot must be... a robot! And since it's a robot, when it disappeared into the side of that cliff, it must have gone inside of that cliff! Having made these discoveries using a combination of deductive reasoning, blatant obviousness, and dream logic, Robin tells Kid Flash to vibrate into the side of a cliff and chase the robot out. Armed with the knowledge that the giant robot is in fact a giant robot, the Teen Titans easily defeat it by tying its feet together and punching it. With the robot out of the way, Juan Valdez and the Team Heroes team up to complete building the dam. Soon water is flooding the temple, finally freeing the villagers of all that troublesome priceless historical artifacts. Hooray! But as the water rises, a jaguar with a human face that looks like a feral Don Rickles bolts out of the temple and attacks the titans. What the fuck? Kid Flash manages to trap the creature in a giant labyrinth that happened to be nearby. Good thing. Then a giant eagle with that weird-ass Don Rickles face attacks Wonder Girl, so she ties a boulder to it and drowns it in the river. Damn. A Rickles-faced snake tries to drag Robin underwater, but Aqualad spins it around until it gets really dizzy and figures it will probably drown. Fair enough. 
Then a crazy old man dressed like a disheveled conquistador pops out of the top of the temple and tries to shoot the teens with a rifle. Wonder Girl punches him and Juan Valdez recognizes him as Don Matanzas a rich evil landowner that had been oppressing the villagers until they revolted and chased him into the jungle. He had been hiding in the temple where he built a giant conquistador robot for some reason. That explains everything. Oh, and also there were three temple guardians who were incarnations of an ancient beast god who were released when the temple was flooded. Of course! Superstitious dumbasses 2, Juan Valdez 0. In summation, the Peace Corps is great. End synopsis. And that was Teen Titans number one. Joining us now is my brother, Corey. Corey? Hey, folks. How's it going? It's well. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Joining us also is the third member of our broadcast team, Knob Creek, single barrel, 120 proof. It's a special occasion, and we've got a special whiskey to enjoy the occasion. So, Corey, what'd you think? I am not disappointed. I gotta say, I was a little bit. This is the first one where a... Because there was no picket signs. Okay, no, there were no picket signs. And Aqualad doesn't shine as much as you would hope. Okay, those are two reasons why I am in fact <laughs> disappointed. First of all, presence of picket signs. None. Zero. That was a so. thumbs down and fart noise, which is the counterpoint of the uh, rap air horn, which is what we will receive if there are, in fact, signs <laughs> going forward. Trying to structure this thing a little bit more. I gotta say, here's why I was a little bit disappointed, and this is gonna sound really weird to say after reading the synopsis. But my initial thoughts after reading the issue were, it wasn't weird enough. How is that not weird enough? I know, it's super weird, but I guess maybe my issue with it was, it wasn't <laughs> specifically Teen Titans weird enough. There wasn't any teen shit in it. Like, mm. it really felt like this was plug-and-play. It could have been any superhero team from that era. Sure. There but was, there was no conflict with the with the mentors, right? There wasn't this asking for permission to go solve a problem. Everybody was like, these kids are doing yeah. an awesome thing, which we'll get into. There's definitely that. There, There's, first of all, no picket signs. Again, <laughs> I, I know, you're, Sorry, you're listening at home. You, you can't see. I've alternately been doing the thumbs down and the finger uh, accompanying the fart noise. I love um, picket signs. I love picket signs. I love that the Teen Titans love picket signs. There isn't really any crazy teen lingo going on in this issue. Very little of it. It's certainly weird as shit, but it's more of a generic Silver Age weird as shit as opposed to a specific teenage weird as shit, which... I got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed by it. That being said, after having written the synopsis and, and read through it again, yeah, it is weird as shit. It is weird. And I, I certainly do appreciate that. Yeah, you mentioned earlier the mentors coming into it. Right. It is perhaps my favorite send-off that they get. Everybody's Overjoyed. Yeah. Delighted. Everybody's super proud of them for having joined <laughs> the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps. <laughs> Which we should probably back up a minute and get into how that happened. Because Robin is a total dick about it. Yes, Robin was a dick about it, but why were the three other Teen Titans so totally freaked out by the Peace Corps? Each one of them had a section where they were like, we don't know this, we can't do this. Yeah, no, they, they each are just, they are overwhelmed by the fact that the Peace Corps, that's for grown-ups. Yeah, and and I really think that's... not qualified. Yeah. Now. We yeah. can't do it. The, the, the Peace Corps, that's the big time. That's the major league. I don't think we've got what it takes. Sure, we can save the world. We can fight a man with giant man. disembodied body yeah. parts. 
We can fight a brown bone stick. Brown stick. A brown bones. Brown bones and brown stick may be the same person. Yeah. Yeah, that plays into your time travel theory. It does. Yes. And and yeah, you know, they, they can fight evil rock star impersonators. But the Peace Corps. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. That's it's the too big heavy, time. Man. It's too heavy for everybody except for Robin. They don't like it when he's like, yeah, we'll do it. They don't like it except for Wonder Girl, who is just like, nah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I was not okay with this, but if Robin says it's good, I guess it's good. It's one. It, it, I think it's the second time that Wonder Girl has just been like skeptical about something. Mm. Robin says it's a good idea. Okay, then I guess it's a good idea. I don't know. I think that takes it away from her a little bit because... I agree. In this issue, she kicks a lot of ass. She kicks a lot of ass. That's We'll, we'll get back to the favorite Teen Titans. I, I've got a pretty good handle on who yours is. I think you might be a little surprised. <laughs> um, what was your favorite Ginchy teen lingo? Like you said earlier, it was pretty tame. And on the very first page, there was this kind of like sideways dialogue bar thing where they were basically introducing how exciting it is that these guys have their first issue of their very own comic book mm-hmm. there was a bunch of like hip lingo smashed into there and uh, what I liked about it was that this is a killer chiller it that's, is a killer chiller that's what it is it's a chiller this book is and it's killer 32 pages if that's how it was in the 60s of at least killer chiller I'm not a math magician I can't I can't necessarily quantify how many pages this is okay I'm gonna say it's at least. 78 pages of entertainment. But I do not know how many pages long it is. <laughs> it's a killer chiller. But it is a killer chiller. That's my and I think that's, that's a good choice. My favorite Ginchy lingo, I gotta say, is the way that they wrote the accents for the uh, Juan Valdez and the villagers. The, the South American people. Yeah. That were the stereotypes of Mexican yeah. people transported to South America. But written with an accent. That was... Okay, first of all, the fact that they... It's European, I'm going to say. It's some kind of European. Western. Probably Western (laughs) European. They make a very half-assed attempt at spelling out the accent phonetically, which is completely reduced to them substituting the word the for the word Z-E, which sounds like it could be a few different things. One of them is not a Spanish accent. (laughs) One of them is not a Mexican accent. I knew Z, Z tacos. Oh, you like a Z tacos? We. <laughs> oui. Oh, Z, you got me. You got me thrown off, man. I okay. So Hub thinks it's French. I think it's German. I would like to point out that Corey has definitively demonstrated the worst French accent I have ever heard in my life. We're not going to do that here, though. Oh, I'm going to do it <laughs> here. This. This is a few years ago. <laughs> we don't need to. Corey was attempting to demonstrate <laughs> someone talking in a French accent. And his version of a French accent. Are you willing to do it, Corey? Nope. Okay, then I'm going to. And you can tell me if you think it is inaccurate. Not if it is unkind, because it is definitely that. But if it is inaccurate. <laughs> Give it a shot. So this was Corey's French accent. Yeah, I'm from France. <sighs> is that about how your French accent sounded? That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it was a confusing time, though. I understand. You were, you were in your, what, mid-30s? Yeah, I had some drinks. Maybe Bob Haney took his accent cues from you. 
I don't know how they could have done that. There may have been. I, I think probably. There may have been a time travel machine involved, which I know get that. plays into mm-hmm. theories that you have mm-hmm. about Mr. Haney. I would like to say that the send-off that the mentors give them, mm. I'm just going to read aloud Batman's and the Flashes so that you can... I'm actually going to read them all aloud because they're all great in their own way. But Batman and the Flash, they're very enthusiastic about their... their uh, what do you call the... Uh, Mentees. There's a better word for that. Protégés. Yes. They're protégés <laughs> joining the Peace Corps. So Batman says, Robin, he's in the Peace Corps. That's why him and his teammates were called the Washington. Great. And the Flash says, So Kid Flash is going to work for Uncle Sam, eh? Terrific. Guess I've got to spare him for a while. That's how I read them, because to me that really sounds like they're being sarcastic. Maybe I'm just jaded living in the future from them. <laughs> so <laughs> far in the future. But to me, when I read those, it's very difficult for me to not read those sentiments as being sarcastic. Well, you're much further in the future from Paradise 1966. Oh, yeah. Uh, because apparently all they have is tablets. Okay, and here's the other weird thing. First of all, I want to go back to The Flash briefly. The Flash, and this is not the first time this has happened. This is at least the second time this has happened. He reads the headline off of the side of a building in Central City, which is apparently just scrolling headlines. His headline says Teen Titans joined the Peace Corps. I don't know if there are any Silver Age Flash fans out there, but maybe you can tell me what the fuck is going on with them printing headlines on the side of buildings. Because it's weird. Then we go to Paradise Island, where there's a dude chiseling onto a uh, tablet, Teen Titans Joint Peace Corps, and Hippolyta, who I'm pretty sure is Wonder Girl's mom, is reading over his shoulder, and she's very proud, and maybe they could get the Peace Corps there to make some changes. They've already made one very significant change there, an out-of-canon change, which is that no men are allowed on Paradise Island, and there is a dude carving that tablet. So, you done fucked up, Bob Haney or Nick Cardi. Yeah, well, maybe, okay. They're eunuchs. Oh, okay. Corey's cracked the case. It's a thing. They're eunuchs or he's transgender. We don't know. We don't know. But maybe that's one of the changes that I don't understand what Hippolyta wants the Peace Corps to change in Paradise Island. It's fucking Paradise Island. Her hair is pretty dope, too. Oh, her hair is fucking rad. She, you were describing it as what a tricorn? Yeah, like like a unicorn with three, three horns. horns. Yeah, but huh? a lady. Well, well, she's a lady. Unicorns can be ladies. She's a human. Yeah, freaking goddess, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite of the send-offs that they get is Aquaman, because we get a little glimpse into Aquaman's home life, because somebody has written on a shell and handed to him Team Titans Joint Peace Corps. And he he, he says, that's just great, Mara. Say, maybe they could use me in the Peace Corps. To which Mara, his wife, responds, Aquaman, you stay right where you are. There is plenty to do here. Right, Aqua Baby? And Aqua Baby says, God da da. But it does kind of play into the fact that Aquaman just wants to get out of the fucking house and is looking for any excuse. Like, oh, I could probably help out with them in the Peace Corps. And she's like, 
Um, you're always trying to run off. You tried to leave last week to go get some aqua cigarettes. Yeah, and, that and come back with some aqua milk. And <laughs> I had to send fucking Ocean Master out to fucking drag you back to our shell. I know, I almost expect him to, like, pull out a pipe like he's got this Bob Dobbs, like, thing. Yes, on. he's very, very 50s hen-pecked husband mm-hmm. in, in that. And, and I enjoy that. So one of the other pieces of my uh, favorite dialogue that I had was, and really the only thing that competes with the Z's substituted for the word V. I, I actually have, if we can rewind for yeah. a second on that. Okay. Why, granted, my French accent is poor. To me, you're being too hard on yourself. <laughs> clearly. To me, I thought they were German sounding. Okay. And I actually wrote down... It's not like there were no Germans in South America at that time. I, my, I'm not a history buff. I'm but, just saying that Nazis. Ah, uh, that's more like Argentina. But we don't know. South. Then where? It doesn't say where they are. It doesn't, but if I had to look at a map and pick a place, I'm going to say... Colombia? Oh, here's why I'm saying Colombia. Mm. Because of Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez is the symbol of (laughs) Colombian coffee. And there is a character in this, I I mentioned it in the synopsis, named Juan Valdez. He is never referred to by his first name or by his last name with a mister or senor. It's always Juan Valdez. That is true. Okay, so we're in Colombia. Probably. Where, ostensibly, there's not a huge German influence yet. Their English sounds a little bit like this. Referencing the completion of the, the dam that the sure. Peace Corps is building to flood the old temple. Okay. Uh, the dam is nearing the finish. <laughs> is that German or what? It could be German. It, that could also very easily be French. The dam. She is nearing her completion. There is no she. <laughs> There's only she. Dumb. The dam is nearing the completion. Ah. Uh, oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The uh-huh. Oh, you got me doing it. You well, I'm her. saying the uh uh-huh is implied. There's no German equivalent. No, there is not. Here, here is my theory as to why it is the weird ass fucking accent that they're trying to do. Mm. They were keeping it very vague as to where in South America it was, mm-hmm. which we've solved, which we have solved. But I think that was trying to play into the vagueness because they didn't want to say whether it was a Spanish accent or a Portuguese accent Mm. or a French or German accent that Juan Valdez and his pals had. Yeah, I mean, I am a poor student of anthropology and it's been a long time. But you were a student of anthropology. Not a good one. And you've been to South America. And Mexico. And I've... You gotta say, it seems like like Haney took what he knew of Mexico. You know, just shifted itself a little bit. It seems like you're implying that Haney was something less than an accomplished anthropologist. I'm pretty sure he studied under Boaz. Yeah, he was a Pika Junior Argonaut. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I I don't like what I think you're implying about. I'm implying nothing other than to say I... Well, I'm inferring claims. You're welcome. Time. <laughs> Cheers. Or how do you say it? Mercy? Uh. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, that is how you say cheers is mercy. Yeah. No, uh, ching ching. <laughs> See, my French accent is delightful. You love it. It's the best. Thank you. No, okay, so they've got Aztec or, or Mayan looking structures. Um, right. They've got the uh, jag, Jaguar. Which, no, that's a self-name. Yeah, jaguars are everywhere these days. Yeah. Time doesn't. Well, these days. This was 1966, which I would like to point out, Juan Valdez has been the spokesperson for Colombian coffee since 1958. So they fucking knew what they were doing. Or they should have. The guy. It's a very specific choice to make him named Juan Valdez. And they went ahead with that. All right. Who's your favorite Titan this issue? Well, as alluded to earlier, I gotta say it's Wonder Girl, despite the fact that she is. I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say, based on the way that she's drawn, her abilities are aided by some sort of amphetamine. Does a bang up job. Well, like, she's in South America, possibly Colombia. No, she kicks butt. She she's the only one that can fly. Everybody else has to jump out of an airplane, and she's like, "Oh, you boys have to use parachutes." Like, you wish you could fly like me. Yeah, yeah. Very awesome. And then uh, Aqualad borrows her lasso at some point to um, incapacitate the well, robot. And it seems like she must have a couple of lassos at least, because this gets back to the earlier thing about the fifty lassos. Yeah, yeah, that she was maybe able to loan some out. Maybe those were not Robin's lassos when they were lassoing the disembodied hand the dragon she kicks ass she does a good job and she does a good job she's very competent she's the one who punches out the robot flies all the way up to his robot face and socks him just socks him and she also socks the non-robotic conquistador yep that's true and man can we talk about that dude's hair plugs yeah it's not a good look he looks like Jeff Van Gundy it's bad It's, it's a bad look it's a bad look yeah, we can get back to that in a second. I, w- I want to first mention my favorite Teen Titan. I think this is the first time. It's Robin. What? He's a dick. I will totally <laughs> grant you he is a dick, but I fucking love his explanation of how he knows that it was a giant robot. Because <laughs> he could hear the... Because the... Yeah. Well, okay. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's first he sees that the lever of the bulldozer is still glowing red because it's hot. And it couldn't have been pushed there by friction. So he knows immediately that it was done by some kind of a device. Mm -hmm. Either molecular or atomic. He's not sure which. It's nice. He is making up fucking science words at this point. And I love the way he's doing it. And then, like I said, it's really just using, like, complete obviousness and dream logic combined that he's like, Okay, I bet that giant robot that was attacking us was a robot if it was using science. And since it was a robot, it must have gone into the side of the cliff. And so, I am 100% sure that that robot is living in a cliff and I'm going to risk Kid Flash's life to test that. That is a dick move. Oh, it is a total dick move. But it is a consistent dick move that is totally right in line with his character of, oh, you guys aren't sure if we should join the Peace Corps? Fuck yeah, we're joining the Peace Corps. It's, again, it's that it's the little man. Oh, he's got total little men. Yeah. yeah, he's a dick, but I fucking love the way he's doing it. It works out. Yeah. It works out, and it should not have worked out. Because the reason that he is so sure is because of his utter and exuberant faith in science, which is not backed by anything. That's one of the things I love about 
these comic books is there's these this total 100% deification of science combined with a total lack of understanding of science. And also, I think the deification of the self to a degree with well, Robin. He's like, yeah, no. Robin's full of himself. It's like a little... Like, like Anne Rand. You know, Wonder Girl's not helping matters. <laughs> she is encouraging him, but... But that is why Robin is my favorite team Titan this issue. I, I get that he's a dick, but I, I love the way he does it. Huh? Fair enough. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Um, nice little point they brought in there was the uh, self-referential bit where Kid Flash wants to know what's going on. Robin tries to explain with his weird faux science what's going on. And Kid Flash kind of brings up like, uh, that didn't make a ton of sense. Don't you have an easier explanation? And Aqualad says like, yeah, you want the 10 cent special that it was all just a dream? 10 cent special is a reference to what comic books have costed uh, back then. And I enjoy that little bit of self-reference. Yeah, I actually jotted down a note in this about uh, Kid Flash seeming stupider than I wished he <laughs> would. In part, it was because that first thing where he's like, just like, I don't get it. And everybody's like, oh, if it was Dream, then that would explain it. And everybody laughed at him. Yeah. Oh. Well, and then, this is going to get into the weirder part of it is after they defeated the robot, these weird critters shot out of the pyramid and attacked yeah. everybody. And uh, Kid Flash referred to the first one as a half-human, half-jaguar and it's not a 50-50 ratio. <laughs> no, it's no. a Don Riggle's face on a fucking Jaguar. Yeah, and I would like to bring up, there is a big difference between having a human head and a human face. It's not 50-50. Because he doesn't even have a human head. It no. is just the face coming out of a Jaguar's head, which yeah. is way fucking creepier. Mm-hmm. On the cover, they're heads. It, it's, I feel like they had to tone down the creepiness a little bit. Because with the three beast guns, they're still still super creepy. But it's a whole human head on the eagle, the jaguar, and the snake. And they gave it green hair. Mm -hmm. Inside the books, there's no hair, and it's just the face coming out of the body. Mm -hmm. And it really does look like a feral Don Rickles. It's creepy shit. And it is really creepy. And the bird man. And the bird man breathes fire. Breathes fire. (laughs) For no particular reason. Because if you are airborne, you can... Make fire, fire happen. Or you can cry fire. fire, breathe fire, or rain fire. If you are in the air, you can make fire happen. There's the consistency you were searching for. Well, and here's another piece of consistency. <laughs> People from olden times are no fucking good. Oh, bad news. We get, at the very end of the issue, Don Matanzas, a retired, a forcibly retired, <laughs> wealthy landowner who has been revolted against, but who is inexplicably dressed like an ancient conquistador with shitty hair plugs. Yeah, and the collar thing that was fluffy. Yeah. So, I think that Bob Haney really hates historical reenactors. <laughs> and possibly has... Time and you, would, you may have a time <laughs> I was going to say he has issues, perhaps dealing with self-loathing, about bald people, because Bob Haney was himself at this time. Balding, um, but you look—you got Bromstick, and you got Don Matanzas, and they both dress like it's the 17 or 1800s, mm-hmm. and they're both crazy and evil, and there's no explanation for why they're dressed that way. Mm-hmm. You were thinking time machine. 
I uh, I hate to go with it, but yeah, just maybe self loathing. Why do you think self loathing? That's because of the ball. Yeah, you're disagreeing with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you don't apologize for agreeing with me. It's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. So, what about the serpent? We we talked about okay. So the 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 talking pyramid. Sure. Wait, the pyramid? Pyramid doesn't talk. In my favorite panel, it appears as though the pyramid is talking. What does it say? I can't really give it to you verbatim. Again, <laughs> <laughs> we have the issue right in front of us. Let's let's look it up. It seems to be saying that okay, the Peace Corps has come here to flood me, which is not great, and therefore this crazy old. Uh, um, modern Wait. old Spaniard guy. <laughs> Dude, no, it is the old Spanish guy talking. It is Don Matanzas. That is not the pyramid talking. As of yet, we had not been introduced to Don Matanzas, and there is a word bubble, I'm pretty sure, coming. I'm leaping through this to try and find it, uh, coming out of the pyramid that's like, I need to send a crazy jaguar to eat Kid Flash. <laughs> and it is not the pyramid here, we are going to find this because I don't know where you got that reading from. I'm not sure either. Yep, okay, so there is a word bubble from the pyramid directly while that weird-ass Don Rickles cheetah thing is, like, dog-pedaling off the bottom step, jumping into the water around it to fuck Kid Flash up, and saying, Ah, my robot was defeated. The waters wiser rise around the sacred pyramid. It refers to itself in the first person. Um, you mean the third person. That one. It is time to release the greater menaces against the intruders. So, yeah, in retrospect, it is clearly not the third <laughs> talking, but that's still how I like to think of it. But, okay, I understand that. I did not at any point read that as the pyramid that was talking. I assumed there was somebody in the pyramid. But... You're right. We don't know that at that point. We don't know that Don Matanzas is living in there. Look at that face, man. Okay, and also, later on, Don Matanzas doesn't have anything to do with releasing the, the creatures. Like... The pyramid did that of its own volition? Well, it's not the pyramid. It's once... It, it's like a defense mechanism that was written mystically into the pyramid. I'm not making it sound any better. It's such a weird fucking hodgepodge of, like... No, these simple villagers need to give up their superstitions, and nope, they were 100% correct. And we're going to flood it, and everything's cool. And what the fuck was Don Matanzas' fucking endgame? Hiding... What does he hope to gain from making a giant robot? And this is another trope that is going on. He just wanted them to give him fruit? What the fuck else is he going to eat? He's hiding in a pyramid. He, he can fucking build a giant conquistador-shaped robot. He can gather his own goddamn fruit or build a robot to do it for him. Dude. You think the easiest way to gather fruit he is, is to build a giant fucking conquistador-shaped robot? No, I To don't. make villagers give you tributes? I am, I am not an oppressor of the working class. <laughs> That's the way this guy thinks, man. <laughs> I'm going to alienate the shit out of all these people's labor so they can bring me mangoes. Because <laughs> I got a big robot. So you it. think the giant robot that he built... Why else that he learned it? it? I don't know! There it you. doesn't make any fucking sense! Well, I think I've explained <laughs> it pretty clearly. So he built the giant robot as a fruit-gathering mechanism in... As a labor exploitation mechanism to gather fruit for him? 
I don't. He's probably not a student of social sciences. He wouldn't. But he's apparently a damn good student of engineering. Sure. And that might not have just been mangoes. They probably had sweet potatoes. Maybe some plantains. Yeah. So you're right. He's getting starch and sugar. Plantains are good. Yeah. All right. I guess it's a pretty good plan. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. I'm I'm less disappointed in this issue, I think, than than you were. I was initially disappointed. As I think it over, it's it's weirder than I thought it was. It was, you know, I think also Haney is like, shit, I've got a whole issue to... He had a whole issue before. It was, did he? Yeah. It seems longer. I don't, I think they're about the same length. I started drinking earlier. Okay, and it is 120 proof. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We, weird as always, and I gotta say, I enjoyed it more in retrospect than I did initially. I, I was initially a little bit disappointed, but it's hard to actually talk about what happened in this issue and not realize that it is just weird as shit. Mm-hmm. I would like to bring up one fact. I specifically mentioned it being a Don Rickles, a feral Don Rickles faced creature, which it absolutely appears to be. Less so on the cover than in the interior. Because on the exterior, it has green hair, and in, inside, it has no hair because it's just the face. I would like to mention that Don Rickles is a consistent member of the DC Universe. He fights Darkseid. He shows up in the early 60s, or, I'm sorry, late 60s, early 70s, during the Jack Kirby era. I think he may be connected to this beast god in some way. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. I, I think we're... It, was there anything else you wanted to mention about this issue? I have, I have one last thing Yes, that seemed inconsistent to me, which is the fact that the Don Rickles leopard critter yes. can run as fast as could. I know they should have at least made it a cheetah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it runs perhaps a little bit faster than Kid Flash, but it's a beast god from Zokatan. And Kid Flash can run so fast that his molecules vibrate through mountains. Through solid objects, yes. Okay, that is something that The Flash and Kid Flash do all the time. And Don Rickles leopards. They do Don Rickles leopards things less <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was Teen Titans number one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you will join us next week for Teen Titans 2. You're going to come back next week for Teen Titans 2, Corey? Absolutely. Nice. If you have any questions or comments about this issue, you can reach me by email at ttwasteland at gmail.com. You're welcome to view the website at ttwasteland.tumblr.com. And I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you did enjoy the issue... I feel weird and kind of beggy saying this, but it would really help us out if you could leave us a favorable review on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. Do it. Yeah, what he said. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We will be (laughs) back next week with Teen Titans 2. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. And they knew it.